It's time to start dreaming again. I'm honoured to speak to you today as a founding pastor of The Vine. With my wife, Sandra, together with Tony Andrew Silla-Reed, we had the joy, the privilege of being mums and dads for so long. Today, I'm a proud granddad. I've called this talk, Dreaming Back to the Future. I'll tell you why. I loved the Back to the Future series. I'll never forget the first one in 1985, when a 17-year-old Marty McFly was in a DeLorean car uh, invented for him by uh, Do Emmett Doc Brown. And when he reached 88 miles per hour, he was transported back 30 years. In fact, to a time before his mum and dad were actually even a couple. I feel like today we are, as it were, in that DeLorean car. Behind us, the journey we have already completed. 25 years of the Vine Church. Our history the good and not so good, the successes and the mistakes. But what about the future? We are not at our destination yet. Ahead is Vision Sunday next month and an exciting future. And sometimes it's good to take time to see what has come before, see where we have come from. It's like walking up a mountain. There are a lot of hikers in Hong Kong at present. It's good as you are climbing to the top to occasionally look back to see how far you have come. Today is one of those occasions. I have been loving the Dream Series. I want to honour the way that Pastor Andrew and the team have encouraged us not to leave our dreams on the shelf. Something resonates inside of me. And as I thought about it, there has been a clear pattern over the 25 years. One, I'm sure we all agree that we need to take into the future. And the pattern is this. We dreamed. God spoke. We acted. Let me repeat that. We dreamed. God spoke. And we acted. Church, we need all three. And I want to encourage you. We need to continue dreaming. We need to continue listening to God's voice. And then we need to act on that voice. To prepare us, I want to spend some time today giving you a bit of an overview of how the vine has come to be the dynamic church it is today. I want to do this because it's important that we realise and we celebrate what God has done amongst us. And because I want each one of you to see 
how critical dreaming has been to each step of our journey. I also realise that many of you watching this today may not know too much about the church's history. And I believe this will deeply encourage you that today as the Vine congregation, in this, this hour, you are part of a much broader and a much wider work of God's Spirit over the past 25 years. I also believe that what is ahead, what Andrew will be sharing on Vision Sunday on March the 27th will be a critical new season for the vine. And I believe that understanding where this season has come from will give you an even greater excitement of how God is moving this church forward in the future. Now, people often ask me this question. How did it all start? And a good question. I'm not sure whether to describe it as a creation or an evolution or perhaps a revolution. I need to take you back to the mid-1990s and a church called Repulse Bay Baptist Church. An interesting name for a church. It was actually not in Repulse Bay. <laughs> it, it wasn't a Baptist church, but it was a church though. We met in a school gym in South Island School. Then in 1996, its pastor left. There was no money left. And what was left was a congregation of around 40 to 50 people we had to decide whether to even carry on. But we dreamed. And God spoke. He said, build the family of God. Build the family of God. Now, I need to describe the church at this time. We were not a church of families. Far from it. Actually, we were, rather unfairly in my opinion, often described as a young people's church with a few aging rockers. And Tony and I could be described in that category. But God spoke. He gave us a word of encouragement. We were encouraged to carry on and build one brick at a time. He said this, you start to behave like a family and I will send you families. We became the vine in January 1997. I had preached on John 15 and especially John 15 verse 5 in December 1996. The passage where Jesus says he is the vine. Let's look at it afresh. I'll read it to you. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No 
branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known from you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my commandment. Love each other. A long passage. A month later, that was our name, the vine. I could talk on that passage all day. But as I did in December 1996, I'd just like to briefly pick out five aspects which seem to point out the type of church that we believe that God wanted us to be. Christ-centered, in Him, relationship-based, fruitful and poured out. Let's take them one at a time. Firstly, Christ-centered. Look at the words Jesus said. I am the vine, you are the branches. We had received our respective job descriptions. We may be colloquially known as the vine, but it is a misnomer. We are the vine church, actually previously the vine Christian fellowship. Jesus is the vine. That tells us that from day one, we were to be a Christ-centered, God-honoring church. It was all about Him. And by God's grace, it still represents the foundations of all we are as a church. Strip everything away. The building, the preachers, the worship band, the ministries themselves. You'll find Jesus, the true vine. 
Secondly, we were to be in Him. He said, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. Older translations of the Bible use the word abide. I love that. It means literally to live in a place, make it a dwelling. David closes the 23rd Psalm with a mighty crescendo of faith when he declares, and I will dwell, I will abide in the house of the Lord forever. David is saying he never wants to step away from God. He craves to remain in the aura, in the atmosphere, in the awareness he is in God's house wherever he is. And that was and is our prayer. As a church, the presence of God has always been a priority for us. Thirdly, we were to be relationship-based. Verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. This was actually a response to the whole passage of John 15. It's why I read the whole chapter. Grapes do not grow individually, but in bunches. You do not go to the greengrocers or to park and shop and order a single grape. As a result, individualism was never encouraged here from day one. We were never to be about an individual or a particular ministry. Relationships would be the key. And out of this, we would focus on the plurality of leadership, which would be a servant-based leadership with development of everyone's spiritual gifts regarded as more important than a few gifted individuals. Relationships were encouraged across the church. In those early days, we could all take lunch together after church. Relationship to God and relationship to each other are the, the building blocks of any church or any Christian ministry. Fourthly, we were to be fruitful. I want to read this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you might bear fruit. Go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. From the beginning of Genesis, God has implored His people to be fruitful and multiply. We took this as a mandate to be a growing church, but a growing church that was not just about numbers, not just about bums on seats, but growing in the fruit of the Spirit. A sense that at the same time as spreading our arms wide in evangelism and care for our community, we were to go deeper in our relationship with Him. Over the years, this has manifested in programs like Alpha and Cleansing Stream being run side by side. And lastly, the fifth point, we were to be poured out. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. This may have been last, but it certainly wasn't least. This speaks of a church that has caught the vision for being sacrificial. For grapes to become wine, they need to be crushed and poured out. 
This has always been a church trying to reach out to the underdog. From our work with ethnic minority groups across a burning desire to see God's justice done. A heart for missions and a kingdom-minded approach to all of our ministries. An approach which has pioneered a number of citywide and indeed global ministries. Yes, my friends, we dreamed. God spoke. We acted. But you might ask, how did we get from A to B and where's C? My truthful answer is, I don't know. <laughs> I was just an insurance man. Tony, an engineer. All of our leadership had full-time and full-on jobs. We were part of a discernment team. The church was elder-led between 1996 and 2003. God had spoken and we were faithfully trying to build the family of God one brick at a time. We had defined our DNA. It is important to know what you are and what you're not. We committed it to writing. Any visitor to the church could see it from themselves. It was spirit-filled worship. Worship which led people into the presence of God. A lifestyle related by biblical teaching which guides people practically how to live the Christian life. Effective evangelism which brings people into the family of God. Identification and use of the congregation's spiritual gifts. Whole body ministry. Servant leadership. This was our DNA, who we were. If you cut open any vine activity, hopefully you would have found these six things at the heart of them. Interestingly, it has been good to see this important concept of DNA continue right up to the present day. For example, a justice heart a focus on authentic and vulnerable leadership, creativity, etc., have been added over the past number of years. And the church did grow. Moving from South Island School to the ballroom in the Regal Hotel, complete with crystal chandelier via a business centre in Times Square. Now, I mention this because I have a funny business centre story. We rented two rooms in the business centre, one for the church and one for the Sunday school. The walls were very thin. I remember preaching one Sunday and halfway through the sermon, all you could hear was, Father Abraham and many sons. You know what I mean. My friends, I trust you are getting a glimpse already. Vision has been a key part of our history. Without a vision, the people perish. Vision and dreaming are inseparable. In 1997, the vision was building the family of God when we had virtually no families. The church grew but it was time to dream again. What sort of church 
was the vine to become. In 2001, the elders and wives booked into the YMCA in Jimsa Choi. We had a facilitator and we started to dream. We wrote them down. It was the day of flip charts. Do you remember those? <laughs> and they were all around the room. We were amazed. The only question is, is this too big? So what we did, we met as a community group and prayed into this for almost one year. We involved the pastors and the leadership team. It was the formation of something that was known as the Vine Vision. In 2002, we shared it with the church using a series from Nehemiah and the rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. We described a church that was growing, engaging, integrating, glorifying, transforming, that was rooted in prayer and revelation from God. But we were in a hotel ballroom. The vision retreat had unearthed a dream of a vine centre on top of the vision. The dream was to do church seven days a week, 24-7, not 90 minutes on a Sunday morning. It foresaw a move to VC1 Central in 2004 and VC2 here in Wanshai in 2011. Church had to become community. But we realised that if the church was to be was to begin to fulfil its vision, we could not carry on just being led by leaders who, as it were, were doing it in their spare time. So we announced to the church that we would be seeking a full-time senior pastor. We advertised, we interviewed, but something wasn't quite right. The God who had spoken the vision then spoke to Tony and I and our wives. The four of us met one Friday evening for dessert buffet at the Marriott, recommended. We realised that we may be being called to this together. But we were an insurance man and an engineer. What did we know about running church? We were simply not qualified. Eh, at least that was what the world said. And not everyone jumped on the idea of an untrained insurance man and an untrained engineer running the church. And it took the involvement of a new young elder whose name happened to be Andrew Gardner. And God spoke to the church through Andrew and Chris. He said this, the answer is in the church and the church is to be trusted. We told the story to the church, the church voted and on 4th of January 2004, the vine had its first senior pastor. Only not one, <laughs> but two. Unusual? Yes. 
but we preferred the we dreamed God spoke, we acted approach to going by the book or man's wisdom approach. We challenged the church at that time in what we called the Desperation Series with its accompanying Tom Reed song, Desperation Song. And within eight months had moved from the hotel ballroom to a seven days per week vine centre in Central, a Shengwan on the first and second floor of an office block, the China Chem Centre, which was to become our home for the next seven years. God gave us three words, presence, passion, purpose, and two important pictures of the church we were meant to be. Firstly, a lighthouse, pointing people to Jesus. And secondly, an oasis, a place for healing and refreshment. We carried on dreaming and God carried on speaking. At our 2005 Leaders Retreat, led by a pastor friend from Hillsong Church, we called it Next Station. We learned that we cannot over-communicate vision. God spoke. He said this, the train has left the station. But where is the next station and who needs to be on the train? The refugee and asylum seeker ministry was started. God spoke about turning ashes into beauty. Cue for another Tom Reed song. This led to our heart for justice and the formation of Justice Conference Hong Kong. Talking of songs, we recorded three Vine Band CDs and started Worship Central Hong Kong. Dreams were becoming realities. Then came perhaps the biggest dream of all. The church had started multi-services and was beginning to outgrow Vine Centre One. But big dreams need to be accompanied by hearing the voice of God clearly. God spoke to us about moving from a district in Central to a neighbourhood in Wan Chai and this building that we now call Vine Center 2. It came into view. God showed us prophetically how the black box Imperial Cinema could become a light box, a white light in the red light area of Wanshai. But, and it's a big but, the vision of taking a 15-year lease on the Imperial Cinema and turning it into the Vine Centre by raising a sum of money that started off at 50 million and ended up something like 70 million seemed crazy. But hey, we dreamed, God spoke, so we acted. It came into play again. And although we ran out of money on at least one occasion, we moved to Wan Chai in 2011. <laughs> Ironically, you have to laugh about this. It became quite useful to have two pastors. One who was an engineer <laughs> who could supervise the building project and the other a finance man who could share the vision to potential supporters. I guess God knew what he was doing. But one important thing that God had spoken to us about clearly was to raise the next generation. 
We'd known Andrew since he was 12. He was in the same year at school as my son. He was working in an investment bank. Andrew and his beautiful wife, Chris, had the audacity to dream together. God spoke and they acted by going to Bible school in New Zealand together. They both went to Bible school, Andrew to get a master's in theology and Chris a degree in counselling. He and Chris came back to us after four years. Firstly, Andrew was our discipleship pastor, then associate pastor. And then on the 1st of November, 2013, he became our senior pastor. Many other pastors and leaders were raised up and released and some are still with the vine today. Our dream of raising the next generation was becoming a reality. And it became his turn to dream. And through Andrew, God clearly gave the church the mandate to grow big people. And through pathways to maturity, call to community and the river vision, God has faithfully used Andrew, supported by our committed pastoral and staff teams and guided by our selfless and dedicated elders and leaders to bring us to this point. But it's time, it's time to start dreaming again. It is time to start dreaming again. Only last week we were reminded that that we need need new wineskins to host new wine. On March the 27th, Andrew will be sharing at Vision Sunday. God has been speaking about a new season. I, for one, am so excited. Historically, I would say this, that God's faithfulness in our past is our deposit for the future. Let me repeat that. God's faithfulness in our past is our deposit for the future. Our journey up to this point has not been easy. I can remember we had Sunday school. We only had four kids in the church. We ran an alpha course once with four sign-ups and 12 leaders. As I said, we almost ran out of money twice. I could go on. Now I know our current environment is not easy. It got a whole lot harder in the last week. But the key remains to dream, to listen to God and to do what He says. We used to sing a song, talking of the old days, greater things have yet to come, greater things are still to be done in this city. I believe it. Let's carry on. Let's carry on dreaming. Let's carry on listening, and let's carry on acting. I'd love to pray for you today as we close this part. I felt something strong in my spirit this morning as I was coming in, that I want to pray for all of you. It's very easy when we talk about dreaming for you 
to delegate it to the pastors, to the elders, to the leaders of the church. I felt that God was saying that this dream, part of that dream is with each one of you. Now, I'm not seeing anybody here physically apart from a cameraman. But actually, I've got this picture of you all on your computers watching this. And God would say, this is like a big jigsaw puzzle. I have given each one of you a part of the jigsaw puzzle. And when you bring your part together in unity, in community, I will act. The Holy Spirit is here today. The Holy Spirit is with you. And I'm going to pray an audacious prayer for you. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come to each one of us who may be watching live or be watching on YouTube and for the Holy Spirit to impart to you this ability to dream, to listen to His voice. So if you're comfortable doing this wherever you are, maybe you can just put your hands in front of you. Might be a little bit difficult if you're watching this from the MTR, I understand this. But just do this now. I'm going to pray. I believe supernaturally today that God is going to impart on everyone, everyone who is watching this, the ability to be able to dream, to dream dreams, to dream big dreams for our future together. Lord, we thank You for speaking to us today. We thank You, Lord, that You have a call upon our lives. And Your call is not for Andrew to dream, for the elders to dream, for the staff team to dream. Your call is for everyone to dream again. Holy Spirit, would You come? Holy Spirit, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, would You fill us afresh? Lord, in a week like this, we need You. We need You. Would You come and fill us? And as You do that, Lord, would You give us dreams? Would You give us visions? And would You give us the courage, Lord, to act upon those dreams and visions? Father, we don't want to be known as the church of yesterday. We want to be the church of today and the church of tomorrow. And we just declare afresh that your faithfulness to us in the past is our deposit for the future. So we give you the future of this church. We give you the future of this city. And say, Lord, help us. Help us to dream afresh. We pray this. In Jesus' name, amen. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Thank you.